Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. I regret to report that both our Jedi Order and the Republic have fallen, with the dark shadow of the Empire rising to take their place. This message is a warning and a reminder for any surviving Jedi. Trust in the Force. They've outgrown their age of rebellion, dulled the Empire's edge, defeated Imperial generals and the Pirate Queen's dredge. They've been soldiers and scoundrels, what's there left to be? How about lost life looking for their force and destiny? There's a seer, hermit, investigator, and teacher better watch your back or vibe or rings gonna reach you. Will this team find the light or will darkness win the day? Find out with the heroes of the Hadian way. Previously on Heroes of the Hydean Way, four travelers connected with each other and then with the Force, following the trail of a vanished Jedi. Their journey took them through trees and skies and seas, and led them finally to a dark and desolate place, the Sith planet Moraband. There they sought the Jedi who foresaw their arrival, but the path has proved difficult. Shadowed spirits from fallen beings assaulted them. Winds, sand, and unforgiving terrain slowed their way. The very world itself seemed set to tear the group apart. While they fought the wind, the wind stole their smallest companion, and the party was parted. Chase the wind and find him again in this week's episode, Not Qui-Gon. Welcome to Heroes of the Hydean Way. This is a Star Wars actual play podcast, and we're playing in Fantasy Flight Games' Force and Destiny system. This is inspired by the Chronicles of the Gatekeeper Adventure, as developed by Tim Cox and Max Brook. This is Act 3, Episode 13, and I'm Ben, the GM for this adventure. And I'm Hilary, the Lost Wanderer. Uh, wandering lost. Hello! The last thing Hilary remembers before now is a giant sandstorm of red sand and darkness coming up on... As you're walking on this fallen obelisk on Korriban. And then the wind comes up. You're not entirely certain if you're touching the obelisk or not anymore. And then things go black. You start coming to. And you hear the crackle of a fire near you. You start coming a bit more out of whatever slumber you were in. And you feel like you're laying on your side. The scarf is folded up underneath your head. There's a lot of padding over you. Probably someone's blankets. Yes, blankets. You can start hearing the crackle of a campfire that's near you. And you can hear someone poking at it. Like adjusting it, and then you hear a mostly burnt log settle into the fire and the rain of sparks going up and the slow crackle you can feel the warmth of it as you're close but one of the the thing that initially draws your attention to it is you're pretty sure that you're not outside this doesn't feel like any of the places that you've been before it doesn't feel like the weird force place at the end of that wild elevator ride. It doesn't feel like any of the places Walter has brought you to. It doesn't really feel like any of the places like you've been to before. Hmm. 
Uh, if I open my eyes, what do I see? You see a relatively dark area. It has two wooden benches to a side, and then two somewhat gnarled logs. And in the middle, you can see a campfire that has a circle of stones around it. And in the middle, a bunch of firewood that is burning slowly. And off on one of the stone benches is some cut and split wood. There's a human that is sitting there poking at the fire with a longer... Looks almost like a walking cane. Definitely a piece of wood that's been shaped. They're in these tan traveling robes. They've got a bit of a scraggly beard and longer hair. Oh, hello there. You seem to be recovering a bit from that bit of aerial acrobatics that I saw you undertake. While I have a history of aerial acrobatics, as you phrase it, um, typically it is my own idea. This, however, was not so. Could you tell me what came to pass? Because the last thing I remember was walking. Well, as far as I am aware, you and your companions were walking and trying to make it closer to the place where that hothead is. The planet itself decided to separate you from your companions. Well, that's ominous. No, most planets are alive to a certain extent, but this is one of the few that seems to have had enough death on it in such passionate ways to have intentions. Well, the seat of the Sith. (laughs) Yes, the seat of the Sith does seem to have it in for any who have any sort of uh, good within them. I repeat my sentiment about things being ominous, then. It does make a bit of sense that it would be ominous when you were going to try and, I guess, deal with my former uh, colleague. Would it be impertinent at this time to assume we should make introductions? Oh, uh, where's my manners? You might as well call me Qui-Gon. I've been hearing some of uh, the goings-on with your companions. A friend of mine visits fairly often, and we discuss, since they are very interested in your other-scaled companion. I believe I've, I've heard her discussing such conversations in the past, although I have not met your friend myself, but I am Hillary, Lord High Lord Hillary Alorik, of the Flying Alorics, first of his name, um, and I am here, and that's, that's about as far as I can uh, say. Well, here is a very special place, a place that pretty much can only be accessed through places such as the fell seat of the Sith. Is this one of those weird in-between places? The whole force just kind of drops you here and there, 
now and again as it needs. This is... This is one of those places. I've been needing to keep an eye on several occurrences and several people. And this particular bubble, if you will, has suited my needs. My companion, which sadly you had just missed, he was on his way to some cold planet of some variety. He wasn't really making much sense. Something about a farmer on a ice planet. Anyway, see, no place is ever truly uh, corrupted, or at least entirely. There are still little bubbles within a mesh. And here is one of the last bubbles on this planet. And you were just hanging around, poking at the fire. When you have the opportunities that I do, which are very few and far between, you find your entertainment when you can. Right. For someone such as I, I'm not able to much affect what you would deem the real world, or the galaxy outside of this bubble. Tending to this fire is most of what I do, and communing, finding out the will of the Force. Could you give me, say, an itemized list? Um, that would be much clearer than pretty much anything we found on this route <laughs> thus far, and um, probably very helpful. Assuming, oh. of course, that I am not also like you and unable to affect the real world. Am I a fire tender now myself? No, to my understanding, you are not. A mutual friend of ours. He is not welcome here. He's essentially been banished from this planet. But he has a few tendrils of influence. And this one tendril of influence that Walther was able to extend was while you were soaring in the cyclone that had you. He was able to open up a way for you to get in here. And if the note that I received is to be believed, in a short time, once you have righted yourself and, and you have come to an understanding, the way out shall present itself to you, and you will go back to your companions. Okay. As for an itemized list, he just shrugs. I was afraid you'd say that. As much as we would like, the Force does not seem to want to express itself in such clear terms. Especially not going into a knot of probabilities and a knot of emotions such as what is going to come. Your Doug friend, your Trandoshan friend, and your Kalaren friend all are going to be at high emotions and if the flickerings of the guiding light are to be believed, you are also going to be of very high emotions in a few short hours. To be fair, that's largely how I live anyway, but it's good to have warning this time. And there shall be the Inquisitor that shall make their appearance, that if I'm 
understand properly that you are drawing into a confrontation with uh, my former colleague? Ideally, it will not be a violent one. But, well, the Force knows and will not tell, nor will it invest some time in some handy-dandy spreadsheets. So, yes, confrontation. Seems likely. Well, confrontation is a guarantee in life, is it not? Unfortunately, I am inclined to agree. Can, can you, are you allowed to, um, talk to me about this confrontation? It, it is hard to describe, at least the way that I foresee it, on account of, I foresee the way that the six of you all approach the confrontation, but as every step into the confrontation happens, it becomes more and more hazy that your Doug friend is going to attack the showboating Inquisitor. That is a given. The results of that are very hard to say, especially with the unrestful spirits of this planet wanting to exert their own control. Yep. Not good. I believe you've had at least some experience with the spirits of this planet. There were creatures. And those who are so selfish that they want to cling to life even as they die. Burning away their own body to become a spirit of selfish hate where they are working to impose their will throughout the galaxy, even if they cannot interact with people directly. Or if they do interact, it is with very simplistic methods. While I don't want to seem ungrateful, I certainly appreciate not becoming a wayward kite, as it were. What am I to do? I'm just... I'm an entertainer. What what do I have to offer at the, the table of this grand scheme of dark versus light? What do any of us have to offer? We're just wanderers. You are a wandering source of light in a vast sea of darkness. A darkness that is starting to consume your companions. One looking could say that you are their best hope to come through without succumbing to the hatred and succumbing to the anger. You say that, but I don't know what I am beyond scared. I mean, everything, everything is just so, so big. And I'm really not. And they carry so much weight even in their own lives, even before this, this journey, they all have their own millstones about their neck. What, what can I do but hold their hand? What good does that do in a dust storm of darkness? 
Most who are drawn to this planet are drawn for a very selfish reason. Wanting to control the galaxy, wanting to control themselves in such a way that no one else can. To remove the effects of others on them in a way that is full of spite to others. My former companion absolutely does need to be stopped in a way or the other. Whether it is being able to talk through to him and understanding that he has wallowed for long enough and he needs to step up against the grand evil that is the Empire instead of taking his own corner for it. But it is your friends that pose the greatest danger. While, yes, Ward is a danger to the galaxy, especially if he aligns with the Empire, your friends and you, if you let apathy and fear and anger control you, the four of you going out into the galaxy will wreak a havoc that few will comprehend. Are we really so near an edge? I mean, Kesh has this grand goal of scoring points, which I don't really understand. I've tried, but she goes on this tangent, and I just kind of stop paying attention. And it's very rude, I know, I know. But, and then Skip, Skip is so full of vibrancy and life and love for living. I mean, I can see maybe Koba is a little tight nut of, don't want to call it despair, but cynicism, maybe. But are we really so close to a precipice that we would be some torrential force in the galaxy? We're just four people. Well, yes, you are four people. The choices and the fears that Kesh has acted upon have drawn her closer and closer into herself in such a way that, yes, she most certainly is on the precipice. Where the little acts that one does have enough to burn away the final bit of compassion. Wow. Skip, as joyous as Skip is, the three of you are the first real friends that Skip has had, and the first three who are accepting of Skip beyond the little gudge. If one were to turn, especially if two were to turn, and Koba seems to be dead set on the death of Carl. If the two of them were to focus within themselves and not at the interconnections between each other, that would drag Skip with them. And the worry would be that they would drag you and Skip with them. Instead of you and Skip dragging them back. That while, yes, darkness can envelop anyone, it is the acting of fear and loneliness that will allow your compatriots to fall, or you yourself. What about Ward? We, we know some, but we don't know 
much. We know that there is fear and and judgment, but we don't know what he feared, why he made those choices. Is there a way to ask? Will he allow a conversation? Some days ago, I saw a vision of him trying to kill Kesh. And Hillary's going to take a moment and he's sitting up under the blankets and he kind of touches the midsection where he had felt Ward's uh, false saver from the vision go through. And I don't know what can be done. Ward's fleeing at the time as much as born out of selfishness and fear. It is understandable. This is a thing that my compatriots never understood. Within people, there is a balance. And they need to seek the balance. Some people have acted in ways that focus on the self instead of the connections that they have. The way that, for instance, a knight and their padawan learn to rely on each other, learn to learn from each other. The way a group of friends can rely on each other for different aspects of what they're capable of. When you cut yourself off from that as ward head, you start to atrophy the connections to people and you no longer see the good within them. And what was happening with Ward to the end of his time on Jorah was his inability to see the possibility of even a benign intent that he was so focused on ill intent that he could not comprehend the ability to be not selfish, to have a action, but it end in peace and not violence. He has had 20 years, more than 20 years, to find a center within him again. And since he has had more than 20 years to deal with nothing but the spirits of Korriband, I fear for his lucidity. But within him, there was still the person who was trying to see the future so that he could help. Trying to see the accuracy so that he would know the right action to take. And maybe that can be touched. Maybe that can be found. Is there hope for him? I find hope for anyone, even even the fallen apprentice of my Padawan. There are many shadows in your life, or your circles, I suppose. I suppose we all have the shadows to look at, but when all that you look at is shadows, that is where the darkness lies. Mm. Oh. 
There's too much to contemplate. I'm not built for this. I'm built to sing and to dance and to do, yes, aerial acrobatics. But I remember my family and I remember the fear and I made a choice of my own and it was potentially not the right one, but it led me here and on this very very strange journey I've been on. Mm. So, perhaps if not the right one, it was still a good one. And that's, that's the way we need to look at it. Oh. Need to look out, not in, connections, not self, hope, not doubt. Oh, but it's so, so hard sometimes. In times when it is hard, because it always can be. It always will be. And the darker times when shadows seem to engulf the very star that we look upon. We have to remember our connections. The connections that we've had with our family, with our friends, with the Force itself. And know that we are one with the Force. Whatever that means. Yes. Understand that, yes, letting go of the self, but also being a group, being a interconnected family, whether it is the one that you have chosen and have birthed, or whether it is one that you have created, even in such a unique fashion as the one that you're currently in. As you give in to the Force with that, and you show others on how to be one with the Force, you will find that the Force is with you, and it will help you and help sustain you. Do you know what would help sustain me right about now? A really nice cup of calf. <laughs> uh. I don't suppose you have any of that lying about your little campfire in your bubble? I, I think I just might, and he turns, he's sitting on one of the stone benches, and now that you get a tiny bit of a look at it, it actually looks kind of close to the benches around the crystal tree on Dak that Cash was fond of. Mm-hmm. He's going into a rucksack and pulling it out, and pulls out a small metal campfire kettle and he places a mesh over the fire so that there's a particular distance and sets it down opens a bottle that he's carrying pours in the liquid fixes up the uh, kettle places it on the fire and then hands you a Biscuit Baron Mug says, now celebrating 500 years of existence, which you know is from, like, several decades past. Some questions are best left unasked, I think. Hillary will not comment on the time frame. In all my wildest dreams, I never thought I'd find peace on this hateful planet, but thank you. It is a peace that I wish I could have given my Padawan before the trials that he had to endure. 
But it was only after on the great sands of Tatooine that he was able to come to an understanding. And hopefully, I can help you come to an understanding as well. Because, as I might have said, that you are the best hope for your compatriots. I don't know about that myself, <laughs> but any hope that I can offer is something in the darkness. I met Soldierward's, um, he was not a Padawan, I guess, he was too old, but he was a learner and he was under under Sojo's wing, as it were. And he fell into his own darkness. But I don't think he was lost. We have not had much time to exchange, but I do intend to check in on him if I survive, of course, you know. Although, you do seem to be making some rounds, and you do not seem to be... How shall I put it? A fully paid member of uh, the Mortal Coil right now. So maybe I could <laughs> venture out there, even if I don't survive. But that's that's neither here nor there. That's... <laughs> it is such a hard thing to uh, let go to the point where you open yourself up to the Force and become one with it. That is what I had to do to become what I am now. A nice campfire and some calf? Not a bad way to spend some time. <laughs> Waiting out an entire war and having your Padawan run off into exile? It is not something that I might recommend. It is only recently that I've been able to start providing any sort of guidance to, to people beyond my friend Yoda. Even though I've been trying for, apparently, 15, 20 years. There's a lot of galaxy out there. There is. And if you want to explore it, it is wondrous. But sometimes, there's that little bit that you need to finish before you're able to pass on. Can you see your little bit? <laughs> oh, yes. I can see my little bit. It is trying to help repair the damage that my death was. For I too came to a point where it was I or another. And I even had the help of my Padawan. But in a fight for the future, we lost. And it cost me very dearly, but not nearly as dearly as the one I was about to train. That's the thing about the future. There's always a little bit more left. That is a hope, and that is why I am still here, trying to help shape it, trying to set the younger generation to repair the damage of the elder, to get the elder generation to see the faults that they've got that they have had and they have implemented on everyone. Changing people's minds is a slow process. And that is what seems to be my destiny here. 
to guide people to understandings. I don't know about you being a tall, strapping human figure that you are, um, but I am still quite, quite terrified out of my uh, little mind. I don't know that I'll make the right choice. And I don't know that I'll help them to. How do I tell Koba not to destroy the person who's been, to be fair, destroying lots of things behind him? How do you not choose that choice and end that line when all that line has brought is death, despair, rage, fear, all the bad stuff? And he seemed like such a nice man when we met him. Those who impose their will can seem very nice when you're going along with it. But as soon as you cross them, that is when the lightsaber comes out. But, as for what your friend needs, what your friends need is why. Why are they doing this? Is it that the fight is coming to them and they're lashing out in fear? Or is it they're standing there in strength and attempting to protect those that they're with? Not out of a fear for the loss of their friends, but in the strength of knowing that they're protecting them. A fight doesn't need to be run from, where they're doing this in a hope that a fight can be had without it being lethal. That it isn't purely because of the choices that they are making for someone else to cause that other's death. To offer them a choice to live. I suppose we will not know until we get there. How the fight will go. But there will be a fight. That I have no doubt. I do not believe that there could be doubt that there shall be a fight. For the one pursuing you will fight one way or the other. And the one you are heading towards may be a fight, but you have shown great skill in diplomacy. What may have worked for the Padawan may work for the knight. Well, I suppose all I can do is now try. Sadly, that is all that we are able to do. I say go with the force, and may you find hope within it. That the change that is going to be happening shall be one that is positive, even in the darkest depths of Korriband. Such a foul place. As he says that, it looks like he hears something. Like something shifting on the ground or twinkling in the air. Can I get a average vigilance check from you? Not my strong suit. Okay. We've gone this long and then finally a dice roll. Huh. Uh, yeah. You said average? Yes. So just two purple. Yep. You can have an average dice roll and you can have uh, a fail. Uh, two fail to advantage. You see him stand up. His hand goes out in a 
fashion, looks like it's trying to pull something to it. The human stands, and his hands go up as if he is about to ignite a lightsaber. As you see, a dark apparition step from the shadows. He says to you, Go. It seems that your presence here is drawing them. I regret that you haven't been able to stay here as long as I had hoped. But if you go, go with hope that you can buoy your friends. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the calamity that some fear. Thank you, friend. For the time and the fire and the nice drink in, in the face of it all. Is there a, a door or a hole or a, do I just stand and... In the shadows in the other direction, there are four points of light that start on the floor and go up into this double arch that looks like a door. And the inner arch opens up with two doors going to the inside. From there, you can see the sandstorm that you would have left and some shining black ground to step onto. All right, I will wrap my scarf around my face, throw a little uh, salute to my new friend, and head back into the sand. Thank you for listening to this episode of Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can find show updates on Twitter at The Hydean Way, and you can find me, Ben, on Twitter at Deuterium Ice. And you can find me, Leslie, at GS. And we are at TheHydeanWay.com, where you can find previous episodes. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Plus, you can help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. We're also on Facebook as The Hydean Way. You can holocom us at heroes at thehydeanway.com. And if you like what we do and want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash thehydeanway. Or you can send us some calf at ko-fi.com slash thehydeanway. Man, I should have flipped a light point for that and had a slightly better roll. <laughs> I was kind of wondering why you didn't, but... Uh, because it's average, right? You know, yeah, average isn't I mean, that bad. <laughs> <laughs>